don't know the power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man. I am an anchor man. Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're going to build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello and welcome along to Just Like in the Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. It is series five, the last episode in this series, and we are looking at three spectacular movies on Netflix at the moment. Brexit, The Uncivil War, The Foreigner. First up, we're having a look at Six Underground, directed by Michael Bay. And before we talk about the movie, I better talk about our contributors. So, Lisa, how are you? And thanks for watching some amazing movies this week for us. <laughs> okay, between amazing and spectacular, you're really setting up our <laughs> listeners for, like, a fall. <laughs> that is not, that's not how this is going to go. Dave, thank you for watching the most phenomenal movies of all time. Yeah, uh, you're welcome, I think. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Let's start off with Six Underground, directed by Michael Bay. And up until last week, I would have always saw credits in a movie and said, oh, Ryan Reynolds is in this. He's always in a, a good movie. I can't say that anymore. Like, I'd no. even forgive him for The Green Lantern. But this, this is why certain directors need to just retire. Isn't it, Lisa? Absolutely. My God. Like... When you see Michael Bay, you're just like, right, okay, so we're going to have explosions and more explosions and thinly veiled plot points and there'll be hot girls every now and again. Um, Now, in this one, in all fairness, he didn't really focus on the hot girls as much as he used to, you know, like for Transformers, it was all about Megan Fox but uh, and less about the robots. But um, for this one, you know, it's just such a mangled plot that it was just like, oh, seriously, could this could this have any more layers of nonsense to it? Even though at the end of the day, I did sort of enjoy it. Okay, I did. I did. I wanted to see what happened at the end. I wanted to see them them win. Uh, it's it's rubbish, but I did want to see it through to the end, which was which was good. I don't think I wanted to see the end of this, but I felt I had to see it through. And then the fact that they almost lined it up and expected that this could turn into a franchise. Absolutely. I was like, ah, lads, come on now. I know. They were kind of like going along the Kill Bill kind of vibe, you know, like this is going to be volume two of Six Underground. But you're like, nah, you're all right. You can end it there. So Six Untraceable Agents, totally off the grid. So basically their loved ones uh, believe that they are now dead, go on a mission to take down a dictator. Dave, what did you make of Ryan Reynolds' acting performance in this? Well, Gary, I, I I don't even know where to start. I I mean, Lisa said she didn't want to see the end of this, and you said you did. And I want to say that I really, really wanted to see the end of this. And I don't mean the end of the movie. I mean the end of this spending $150 million on this absolute crap. Shit show. <laughs> it's a shit show. It's an app. Like, if this film was made in the mid-90s, It'd be okay. This is yeah. 2020. As far as I'm concerned, Michael Bay hasn't made a decent movie since 1996 as The Rock, which is a brilliant movie. Mm, but great he movie. is just, if you looked at his timeline, for anybody who doesn't know how uh, video editing works, but if you looked at his timeline when he's editing movies, there must be 40 million cuts on the timeline. 
because he doesn't let anything sink in. He disorientates the audience. It's cut, 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 explosion, explosion, explosion. Yeah. It's like the old Jean-Claude Van Damme trope of he's doing a big flying kick, so we'll repeat the kick from different angles and go bang, 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 bang. It's like, enough already, Michael Bay. Go home, retire, take your hundreds of millions of dollars of earnings from the one or two good movies you made and feck off. This is <laughs> an hour and a half of my life. I'd rather watch Cats again than watch this again. Oh That's my God, Dave. That's that how is, bad that this is film is. Too, too much, too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ryan Reynolds is a talented guy. Mel- Melanie Laurent is a very talented actress. Uh, Manuel yeah. Garcia Ruffalo, he's a great. There was, there's a lot of great actors in this film. Not a talent, but the script, the script is crap. The action is crap. I remember at one point I paused it not to get a cup of tea or anything, but there was like a flashback. Yet another of the five thousand flashbacks to character <laughs> origin of this person did this, and oh my god! And I paused it, and we were more than halfway through the movie. The timeline was like halfway, more than halfway, and I was like, hold on now. That's not good script writing. We're halfway through the movie and we're still having expositional flashbacks to this character that I don't care about and I don't know who they are and I don't care about any of these characters. The opening car chase is like 15 minutes long. I did enjoy the car chase, though. I thought that was pretty good because it was Florence and I've been there and I was like, hey, look, I was there. So well, it was very that's exciting. That's a fair point, Lisa. But like a car chase, as far as I'm concerned is only as good as the the care that you have for the characters. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. if you look at some of the classic car chases, like Ronan from mm. uh, from uh, Frankenheimer, 98, I believe it was. That car chase is seminal. Like, it's right up there with, you know, bullet. bullet you know, it's very visceral. Yeah. There's no over-the-top stunt driving. It's just a human driving a car. All these stunts, A, they're impossible to do in real life. B, they destroyed probably five or six Alfa Romeos in that car chase because the car <laughs> is not capable of doing those things. Um, whereas a realistic car chase is much more visceral and get your heart, you know, heart pumping and oh god, oh, and they're you know they're dodging through traffic and they're hitting off a police car and the police car doesn't explode into something that's visible from Jupiter. It just crashes and stops and the car chase continues. Not you know trees made out of petrol and stuff. It's absolute cartoonish. <laughs> nonsense if if the hannah barbera or warner brothers cartoon people looney tunes watch this they'd say right Les, this is a bit over the top isn't it i just thought that ryan reynolds walked off the set of deadpool and literally walked onto the set of six underground and did not change great character whatsoever <laughs> yeah he took Absolutely. off the mask that's it yeah yep oh, well. there's a scene in it where there's we a won't be seeing that again there's a big fight sequence and apparently he just all of a sudden he's a billionaire. And we don't we don't have too much about his backstory other than a, like a Tony Stark-esque montage of newspaper clippings of him as a young boy making millions of euros and um, or millions of dollars, should I say. And all of a sudden he's able to kick ass. And one of the other people who doesn't have a name goes, where did you learn how to do that? And it's like, I don't care. I don't care if he learned it in my local, local national school when I was there. I don't care about any of these characters. They're the most one-dimensional, badly scripted, tropey, meme crap nonsense. I mean, it's written by two guys who wouldn't be able to write the save cross code properly. I mean, just Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese. I mean, sorry, oh. lads, but uh, you need to get on the queue for the dole, really and truly. Crap. Bought her crap. I just felt after the movie 
that we've now come to a stage in our lives, no matter what age you are, mm. where we don't need any more Michael Bay-esque type movies. Yeah. Especially Michael Bay movies that are Michael Bay-esque. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if some kid wants to go off and make a movie and it's a good movie and they want to do a Michael Bay-esque sequence in the movie that has characters that we've <laughs> already engaged with and they're going to do an off-the-wall off the action sequence with cool dialogue and like, whoa, that's a bit slick and then go back to reality and give us a good story, that'd be fine. But a whole movie, it's like, it's like we were talking about this before we came on air, it's like having a good sauce. You don't pour sauce onto a plate and say, there's your meal. It has to be accompanied by, you know, some, you know, potatoes or some veg and some meat. Or if you're not a meat, if you're a vegetarian, some well-cooked vegetables. You don't just pour sauce and go, there's your meal. And Michael Bay has just, here's action. Off you go. Explosions and cameras that are having epileptic fits while they fly around some lens flares. It's nonsense. Here's the review, though. It's a good mix of action and comedy. The first 15 minutes will blow your mind. Special effects <laughs> like no other. <laughs> Who wrote that? I think Michael Bay wrote that. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. Dave, out of 10. <laughs> Minus four. <laughs> Ooh. I, like, I feel like sending Michael Bay a bill for my time. <laughs> Out of ten, Lisa. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be nice, and I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. Okay, let's move on to another action movie where Jackie Chan, a humble businessman, seeks justice when his daughter is killed in an act of terrorism, and it's a cat and mouse uh, issue between himself and the one and only Pierce Brosnan, directed by Martin Campbell, who of course brought us interesting movies in the past, like. Casino Royale. And Goldeneye. And Goldeneye. Martin There's Campbell is one of the few people who, who has rebooted two Bonds. He rebooted, wow. like he brought us two new Bonds. So he's got chops, you know, he's got credentials. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the other movies were Vertical Limit and The Mask of Zorro. So look, without doubt, a very, very credible director. I just feel, before you launch into it, that this is a movie that should have been made possibly 30 years ago. Well, 20 at least. Mm, I yeah. think if this I mean, maybe was maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it wouldn't have got made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think although, I agree you, although, Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, um, yeah, I, it's, it's nonsense as well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a very well put together film. I like the slick. I like the cops. I like the shooters and the bombing and the, it's all very like, yeah, this is good. But at the end of the day, Jackie Chan is 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 against Pierce Brosnan, and you're like, this is terrible. It doesn't make any sense, but it has merit. It has merit. Like there was good, there was good performances in it. Like Jackie Chan was pretty good. Like I mean, he's what sixty watt now, and he's like still able to kick ass, which I thought was very impressive. But as a story, as a, oh, it's been done. I think I don't know. It's just no, we didn't need it. Yeah, you're right, Lisa. It's been done. Like it's a, it's a kind of a one man takes on the bad guys. Literally, I, I don't even have the energy to f even estimate how many times I've seen this plot. You know what I mean? Mm. This yeah. plot has been done to death. Um, you know, a man loses his daughter or his wife or his daughter and his wife and goes after the bad guys. Who you know, it's just been done to death. Um, having said that, this is not the worst version of this I've ever seen. 
Um, <laughs> it's actually not a bad version. It's not excellent. It's not a very good movie. It's but it's not a terrible movie either. It's 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 a good. No. It's a movie you sit down and watch it and go, okay, there's a movie. Um, it's shot in Ireland. There's a lot of Irish actors in it that, whose faces you might recognise. Um, uh, obviously, Pierce Brosnan is channeling his inner um, Jerry Adams, and he's yeah. doing his accent. But you have people like uh, Michael McElheaton and yeah. uh, David Pierce. You know, kind of Irish stalwarts who are you know yeah faces that you recognise. Yeah, and you know, and they all equip themselves pretty well. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is actually pretty good. It's kind of you know, it's got a few little elements that you could take from. Um, oh, what's the one with Harrison Ford and um, Patriot Games? No, not that one. The one with oh, um, oh, the, the one with Brad Pitt, the Devil's oh, Own. Devil's Own. So there's a few yeah. elements of that. There's a few elements of Patriot Games. You know, this IRA business, and it's. It's moderately entertaining, but it's, as Lisa said, and as you said yourself, Gary, it's it's 20 years too late, this film. That's why it kind of went under the radar. This film was, was released in um, 2017, mm-hmm. and it's only even come to my attention recently. That's why I suggested we review it. It's made $140 million worldwide. Yeah, and it certainly what? didn't cost that much, I'd say. Yeah. No, $35 million. God. Yeah. Well, you so got to you know, realize that... But Jackie Chan's quote and Pierce Brosnan's quotes, they've both come down a lot in recent years. No offense to them, but they're both, you know, stars on the decline. They were huge movie stars, and you'd need to be paying Pierce Brosnan 20 million a movie. Now, you know, he'd probably do a movie for two or three million, but mm. in terms of budget. So, um, not a terrible movie, but not a great movie at the same time. Dave, I mean, you're, you're a fan of Martin Campbell's work. What did he do wrong here? I don't. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody did anything wrong here. I just think the plot is such a rehashed plot. It's been done to death so many times. Even the latest Rambo movie, where Rambo has found peace and he has a daughter, and then these drug dealer bad guys kill his daughter, and he goes on a rampage to to get them, you know, to serve justice. Um, Steven Seagal has done about forty of these movies, where he's just an innocent guy, and some bad guy just, you know, accidentally kills somebody like. They didn't kill Jackie Chan's daughter in this by accident. They were a bombing campaign, political IRA types trying to do political nonsense. And she was just having to be collateral damage. But they picked the wrong guy. I mean, this trope of a movie has been done so many times. So there was nothing done wrong here. It's just like, yeah, you know, I've had fish fingers and chips before. Thanks very much. They're fine (laughs) and I'll eat them. But I'm not going to be excited about eating them. It's just fish fingers and chips. The next movie we're going to look at is probably a movie that I think, in fairness, needed to be made because it has created so much debate. But before we go to it, let's just uh, tally up the scores. So, Lisa, out of 10, what did you make of The Foreigner? I'm going to give it a solid three. Sorry. But you know, as I do like Pierce Brosnan as a human, uh, this was not necessary. You know, he's, he's, he's better than this, I think. So was Jackie Chan, to be honest. I didn't squirm in my seat watching this as I did with the Michael Bay nonsense. But um, <laughs> it didn't blow me away either. So, But I, I'm going to give it a solid five because out of out of respect to the amount of happiness that Martin Campbell and Pierce Brosnan gave me in 1995 when Goldeneye came out and I watched it four times in the cinema on the day it came wow. out in a row back to back. So I got to give them at least five as a combo. Um, it's not a terrible movie. Uh, it's It's... You know, if you want to sit down and munch some popcorn and have a moderate action thriller, it's okay. So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. 
That is The Foreigner, currently on Netflix. Now, the other movie that I was talking about that is certainly one that is creating a bit of debate, probably not as much as it should, is Brexit, the uncivil war from director Toby Hayes, who has worked on a lot of TV shows down through the years, including Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Dominic Cummings in this TV movie. And it's kind of focusing on that whole build-up and controversial campaign to convince uh, British voters to leave the European Union. Uh, And as you may know by now, it was a success, even though Brexit still hasn't officially happened. Dave, what did you make of this? And is it a good TV movie? Is it propaganda? it's it's well made it's interesting subject matter if you're a political animal like myself it's fascinating to see the skullduggery that went on whether it's true or not we don't know everybody has their opinions and their beliefs but as a piece of entertainment it's well made it's well paced um the story moves along at a good uh, a good rate and um dominic cummings's cutthroat approach is makes him a very interesting character so and I also think that this movie needed to be made because it's of our time. It's a political, I'm not going to call it a thriller as such, but it's a political film with, you know, it's like Titanic. We all know the Titanic sank and we all know that Brexit was voted for. Um, so there's no suspense in that regard. But the suspense is like, how did it happen? And what were the nuances? And uh, it's, um, I think it's well made and I enjoyed it. Yeah, Lisa, like there are people saying that it's it's biased, it's dull, it's kind of pro-EU, it's making EU supporters look like honest, rational, well-spoken people, while Brexit supporters are, are cunning, they're devious, they're sinister, and that this isn't about Brexit, it's about the end of truth. They'd be right, because it is about the end of truth, and it is about all of those things, but the main thing is... We are being blindsided by all the skullduggery that's going on behind the scenes. Like there's a lot of a lot of companies out there that like are selling information to people and you know it's 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 there's there are different times we live in, they're dangerous times that uh, you know, like there was that documentary a couple of months back um about Cambridge Analytica and all that that went on there as well, which is connected to this. And um, you know, it's not it's not a fake movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, like he did his research, he knew how to get at people. He knew what buttons to press, and and they fell for it hook, line, and sinker. And uh, now we're all paying the price for it because um, we we're in a we're in a strange time where you could get uh, sent back from England if you are from a certain country in Europe, and uh, you know no matter where you're from, you'll be get sent back because that's what it's all about. It would they played the immigrant and the race card. And that's that's what it, that's what it was about, really. I think. Yeah, and obviously the depiction of Dominic Cummings is kind of the news gathering and the brainstorming. And so he had he did a Venn diagram or a little uh, sorry pie chart, and he said, right, these yeah. are the people who are going to vote for Brexit. These are the people who are not going to vote for Brexit. We need to focus on the people in the middle, and we need to play on their fears and you know immigration. And we and basically yeah. we're going to lie to them to get them full of fear to vote for this irrational thing even though all the high-level politicians at the time, including Boris Johnson and including Theresa May, who both subsequently became uh, Prime Minister, uh, they think it's a bad idea. So the people in power who know how the whole system works, they think it's a bad idea. And um, the people spoke. And the people were lied to. And 
the business of the bus. Oh my God, the bus was great. I don't know if anybody remembers in reality, the bus, yeah. Yeah. 350 million pounds a week is what we spend in the EU and we can give that to the NHS if we vote for Brexit. That is just a complete lie. It's a falsehood. It's a complete you know, fabrication. And um, they basically hung the entire campaign on a bunch of lies that were fabricated and played into the fears of people who were uneducated about these issues and believed it. And then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy, even though it's all fake. And, um, you know, these things were real. Like, I remember these things happened in real life. I saw them on the news. I spoke to my colleagues and my friends about them in the UK. And then this is a movie about it. So it's um, it's kind of close to home and, uh, you know, a little bit scary, as Lisa said. Yeah, again, I suppose with some of the documentaries we've covered over the last few weeks, it's probably one worth watching for people really just to kind of get a a better understanding of the way the vote went and what lies ahead in the in the future. Yeah, but also, Gary, may I interject that those things are going to continue happening until political people get involved and actually start legislating for companies that are doing this kind of thing. Because it's 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 dangerous. We have it. We had it here in our last election. Like there are trolls out there that are constantly on the internet and constantly doing down people that they shouldn't, you know. But they're not actually real people. They're actually bots. Like at this stage, so you know, there's there's a big debate that goes with Brexit. Lisa, out of ten, out of ten, I'm giving it a solid eight because I thought it was really well done. Wow, I know that was. I know that's. Okay, I know. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) I can be nice. Uh, I'm going to say like six and a half, seven maybe, because um, it, it's well made. It's obviously, you know, done on a budget. It wasn't a big Hollywood flipping cars over Michael Bay nonsense, but it was, um, <laughs> you know, solid bit of entertainment. It's interesting. It's gripping. Uh, it's well made. Good performances all around by most. And um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, obviously his star power is is immense. And he can certainly, you can hang a film on him for sure. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven. So there you go. That is Brexit currently on Netflix at the moment. Now, before we wrap up this series, uh, I'm not even going to name out all the TV shows, movies, documentaries that we have reviewed over the past few weeks. So I just want you to do it off the top of your heads. So, Lisa, what was the best thing and what was the worst thing that you watched for Series 5? Ooh, we're both agreed what the worst thing is. And that has oh, to be God, Six yeah. Underground. I'm going to say my best thing, and I know this is like pff, a bit goofy, but maybe it's Normal People I thought was excellent. I really liked it. It was, you know, it just, it kept me intrigued. So I just thought, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Normal People as the, the best thing I've seen lately. Okay, excellent. Dave? Yeah, uh, I think we're, we're both agreed on the worst thing for season five. For, um, uh, season five. Six Underground. Oh, dear God. I'd, I'd rather, as I said, I'd rather watch Cats again. And I don't know if anybody listening has heard our review of Cats, but I urge <laughs> you to go back and listen to our review of Cats and then decide whether you want to watch Six Underground because I'd rather watch Cats again. Six <laughs> Underground is one of the most value for craps I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, moving Absolutely. on. The best thing I've seen this season for me would have to be McMillions. I thought it was stunningly entertaining okay. for a true story. And the fact that it was a documentary that was written by two people who know how to write, they structured it and paced it so well. And as Gary said, when we reviewed it a couple of weeks back, 
it's full of these wonderful characters that are real humans. Like that, and that's of course, you know, uh, reality is stranger than fiction. So when you get a wonderful blend of reality that is almost juicily fictionalized, uh, it was brilliant. So for me, it was uh, Macmillan's the six part um, documentary series. That's the best thing. Excellent. And a big shout out as well to Joe Colombo, who uh, oh, yeah. was in touch with us there on Instagram last week. Do you mean, uh, do you mean Frank Colombo or Jerry or I Colombo? Because <laughs> I, I think Jerry's Frank. dead. Jerry is dead, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, yeah frank his brother frank yeah shout out to frank frank we love you man and frank frank stole the show six hour documentary and frank and his wife and his son stole the show in the last shot yeah. of the movie yeah. which was one of the things that made it for me i was not buzzing when i saw because it it's just a perfect ending to that and the laugh that he makes at the end and he slams his hand on the counter and he kind of keels over laughing that for me was the pinnacle of that documentary and um, yeah. excellent documentary and I have to say as well, thank you, Lisa, for introducing us to Dead to Me. I think it's a great show at the great. moment on Netflix. And what was the other one? As well? Oh, yeah, I, I finished Afterlife as well with Ricky Gervais. Very good, but you're not like happy after it. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. A, it's Ricky Gervais. You're never happy. Come on. <laughs> They're both high quality TV shows. There's no doubt. Well, there you go. That is it. Series five of Just Like in the Movies. For now, we will be back again very shortly. More information about that coming up on our social media channels and also on our website, jlitmovies.ie, if you want to find out what our next big gig is. But Lisa Tracy, as always, thank you very, very much. You're very, very welcome. And Dave, thank you very, very much. Pleasure as always, Gary appreciate it thanks again to everyone who has been listening to the show supporting the podcast sharing with their friends and so on we really do appreciate it and we'll talk to you again very very soon take care bye 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 bye